0: All right, how's it going, everybody? It is a weird day. It is January 7th, 2021. This is the Ruben Report Direct Message. I'm Dave Rubin, and there's a lot going on here. And I was talking to my team last night and I was sitting on the couch, just basically staring at the ceiling at about 10 p.m trying to process everything that happened throughout the day and think about what I wanna talk about, how I wanna frame it, how I wanna try to help us get through what I think is gonna be a really insane two weeks until January 20th, which obviously at this point is gonna be the inauguration of Joe Biden. Um, How am I gonna explain what happened yesterday? Uh, without excusing violence, but also acknowledging the very legitimate issues of so many people and all of that stuff. And, uh, and I was going to write, actually, a, a full direct message today. You know, back in the day when the Rubin Report started, I used to do a weekly direct message, which was a five-minute video that I would write the night before, and I would read it off-prompter. People used to think that I was just doing it off the top of my head, and I thought that was pretty amazing, I guess I could read a prompter, Uh, not too poorly, uh, but they were written. And I started writing one last night and then I thought, you know what? This needs to be, today's show needs to be a little more than just what I'm thinking about things. It needs to be what you guys are thinking about things. So uh, I posted on RubenReport.com that we're gonna do an Ask Me Anything Q&A. We got dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of questions on there. Uh, I've only taken a quick cursory glance at them. Michael put the whole thing together and I'm just gonna jump into them on the fly and I'm just gonna tell you what I think and I think it'll be probably cathartic for you guys to ask some stuff and share what you're thinking and for me to just go and just, I'm just gonna read them and tell you, tell you what I think for for better or worse. Uh, We're also gonna show you uh, two quick videos uh, from the Capitol yesterday that are absolutely worth seeing and things that I don't think you're gonna see on CNN because it doesn't quite fit the narrative. And as long as I'm allowed to be on this YouTube thing here, uh, I'm gonna try to bring you the stuff that mainstream won't show you. So we're gonna show you those in just a sec. Uh, But before we get to that, I wanna talk to you guys about home title lock. Uh, You know, I got a crash course in home title theft and you better pray that this never happens to you because it can ruin you financially. Here's how the crime happens. The legal title to all of our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. A cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quit claim deed, stating that you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home until your home equity is gone. You won't even know until the collection calls pour in. You're not protected by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock protects you, and in the unlikely event, you become a victim of home title theft while a member, Home Title Lock, will spend up to a quarter million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. Go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at hometitlelock.com. And now back to me. Okay, so I wanna show you two two videos here. Uh, these were taken by peaceful protesters at the Capitol yesterday and, and the narrative that we're hearing from mainstream media is that these were all just violent Trump supporters who planned to overtake the Capitol and they were were trying to go for a coup and everything else. Now we've seen, I'm sure all of you have seen them and that's why I'm not doing a a endless parade of all the videos of people inside the Capitol and everything else today. We've all seen them, okay, we all get what happened. And there is 100%, I wanna be very clear about this, 100% uh, without equivocation, there is no excuse for violence politically. Over the last couple of years, Uh, I have always condemned the violence that has come out of Antifa and the left and Black Lives Matter and you can't burn down cities and you can't burn down stores and you can't attack people and stop cars and stop traffic and all of those things. Uh, Now, I don't happen to agree with their political positions, but you can't use violence to get your political ideology out there, right? Once you do that, you've, you've removed all rules from a civil society. So without question, I condemn the violence, but that doesn't mean that that the good people who went there to peacefully protest, that they're all evil and bad and everything else. And then we all know what happens. Once a mob gets together, individuals are good, mobs not so great. So I wanna show you two videos here. We're gonna show them, uh, we'll show one, then I'll come back real quick we'll show the second one that might give a little bit of a different context than what the mainstream media is showing you. So let's take a look. Okay, so what you're seeing there is a whole bunch of Trump supporters outside the White House, uh, sorry, outside of the Capitol building. And what appears to be a bunch of them yelling that an Antifa member, now I don't know if he was Antifa, but somebody who apparently is not a Trump supporter is bashing the window. And they're all saying, no Antifa, they're trying to stop him. You can see people actually pushing him or pushing and pulling him away, from the window, I think that's just worth showing. We know that plenty of Trump supporters went into the Capitol. I am not denying that, okay? Let's be clear, I'm not denying that. And you can't be trespassing and you can't be going into the Capitol building and sitting at Nancy Pelosi's chair and opening her mail, which people were doing, you can't do that, okay? Not good, Uh, but but CNN will not show you that. The New York Times will not write an article about that. And here's another angle of it that I think even gives more context. That's a whole lot of people cheering when the guy is pulled away from the window, trying to stop him from being violent and everything else. Now, look, windows were broken, doors were broken into, and once they were, then you can just see people rush in. That is what it is. People, people did it without question, and we know that there was then violence inside and everything else. Now, what's interesting to me is we, I haven't seen, at least, and hopefully over the next few days we'll see it, so many of these people were unmasked, uh, or you know, wandering around with where you could identify them one way or another. So I think we'll find out more and more about these people. Um, I have no doubt that there were, there were plenty of Trump supporters there that were just absolutely peaceful people who are frustrated with the system and went there to peacefully protest. And then again, as I said, once a mob starts, then people just start doing bad stuff. It is what it is. Anyway, I don't wanna, I'm not sitting here telling you it was all Antifa. Um, agitators that got involved, but it is worth seeing some of that stuff. And I, I already sh- shared it on Twitter and people were calling me a, a conspiracy theorist and a, and a grifter and all of this other stuff. But I, I think it's worth seeing and then you can make your conclusion. All right, so I wanna get into some of your questions. As I said, I took a quick cursory look at them, um, but I think, I think it's worth just kind of sharing. We're all, we're all sitting in this weird spot right now. Like everyone's looking at yesterday going, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? And uh, and we got to try to make some sense of it. Real quick, though, I want to talk to you guys about Taser. Guys, you know this is pretty clear. The world in 2021 can feel like an unstable and dangerous place, but we can't live in fear. Taser is giving people the confidence to protect themselves by creating life-saving defense technology. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough so you can carry them with you or in your glove compartment or your purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate the attacker. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart defense products. Taser is available without permit in most US states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code Rubin. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code Rubin. That's T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. Restrictions apply, see site for details. And now back to me. Okay. So just one last thing before I start this, you know, the one sort of concrete result since what happened yesterday is not that uh, there was a coup, not that somehow the MAGA people took over, not that the uh, empire fell or any of those things. The one concrete thing is that Facebook as of this morning has banned Trump for the next two weeks officially. And it's a little unclear to me whether he's fully locked out of Twitter right now or they're just taking down his videos. So even this morning, Trump put up a video that I only saw on Rumble which was him saying that we should have a peaceful transition of power. He's not happy with the outcome and he's gonna uh, keep fighting in the future, but that he wants there to be a peaceful transfer of power and that you know, in essence, the, the fight about the election is over. Trump put that up. You would think that that should be up on, on the big tech platforms, but they're not even allowing that up. So the, the one, the grand takeaway from the events of yesterday, no matter what side you're on, is that we got more censorship today. That, that ain't good. Okay, so let's, uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, Johnny says, in times like these, it's important to remain sane, as you say all the time. How do we turn down the gas on the fire that is the US right now on a broad scale and in our personal lives? Well, let's do the personal lives one first. You know, I, I keep talking about this idea that you cannot be endlessly political and it's so dangerous that everyone, all they wanna talk about wherever you go is politics and all people wanna fight about on social media is politics and that these, these websites you know, like Facebook and places Instagram's a really interesting one. A couple of years ago, Instagram was all food pictures, right? And then suddenly Instagram became all political. Facebook, which used to be about connecting with your your old friends from high school and seeing kids' pictures and grandma was on there. Well, then it all became political. And then you scroll a feed and it's like grandma picture, Trump, something burning, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, family portrait, you know, and it's like, that's a crazy way if that's if that's what you're scrolling. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm nervous. Like. It's just a crazy way to do things. So I think we, all of us, and I really try to do this, all of us should scale back our social media use. That that does not stop the, what I would say is an actually systemic problem that big tech is trying to manipulate us and the powers that be are trying to manipulate us. But that's at least one thing we can do in our lives is be is get off the, the hamster wheel a little bit. And by the way, that's why I do virtually all of my interaction with you guys right now on RubenReport.com, which is my, my locals community. We have a great gated community of interesting people. And I communicate with people that are all over the world on there. And I talk to people and they post things. We're, we have live video coming pretty soon. We're, we've got a couple great announcements coming with the company, um, but that's where I'm doing. And there's no trolls and there's no bots and the rest of it. So that's where I'm doing most of my stuff. I don't, I don't do my Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Anymore. I have guys that do it for me. I put the stuff out there, right? I have to put the stuff out there as someone that does what I do for a living. But I think all of us, you know, separate a little bit from social media and also like focus on some of the stuff you care about. Like, you know, lockdown, although it's not fun and it's actually quite dystopian at this point and and pretty awful, um, it gave us an opportunity to like think about what are the things that really matter to us. And um, I've started gardening more. We've got a rooftop garden now, which I love doing and i'm cooking all the time you guys see i I put up my steak pictures There's nothing like taking a freaking big ass tomahawk and seasoning that thing and and cutting it up and eating right off the bone i mean I, i love it i love it so i found some things that i'm into uh playing a little music in the background we try to have music playing throughout our house all the time except when uh when i'm doing the show basically um, so I think you have to figure out what are the things that you can do with your family. I got a freaking, there was only 500 bucks. I got an NBA jam. Remember the old NBA jam video game, arcade game? I got an arcade, a stand-up arcade NBA jam, and I play my 10-year-old nephew, and he usually beats me, but I'm, I'm trying to get better. Like, find some things that you can do uh, that make you happy to get out of this. Now, on the broad scale, like, so now what you're talking about is, like, on the political scale, how do we get out of this? And I think I had a few questions to that we're sort of around that. Um, I don't know what the answer is and I don't think anyone knows what the answer is. Uh, We have a seriously dangerous situation on the horizon. The Democrats in effect will be completely in control of the government because of the Kamala uh, VP tiebreaker vote in the Senate and they are gonna push through all of the awful stuff. Uh, you know, even right now, the, the mayor of DC is calling for DC statehood. Like, they're gonna try to pack the courts. They're gonna try to get critical race theory back and stuff. You're gonna, all of the bad stuff that I think all of you are worried about, that all of the people who showed up in DC yesterday, who are upset about a mainstream media that lies to them and, and calls everybody that, that doesn't bow, that isn't blue-pilled, a, a conspiracy theorist and a, and a racist and all that stuff, all of it's gonna get worse. All of it's gonna get worse. There is no healing at the moment, there really isn't. We have to find the places to heal, but I think that's something that we have to do ourselves. I don't think the machine is, is ready for it yet. Uh, so yeah, but I think there's gonna be a few more questions along those lines. Andy says, do you see an alternative pushback media springing up to the watchdog me- machine and the legacy media. I do. I mean, look, it's been popping up for a long time, but just this morning, I got an email from YouTube that in effect, if you talk about the election the wrong way, uh, they're gonna start giving your channel strikes. And I think they give you three. If you get one strike on your channel, they limit some of your functionality. Two strikes, I don't think you can live stream. Three strikes, they just delete you altogether. So we know now that, you know, as time goes on, there will be more and more things that you can't talk about. Right? They're not just gonna say, okay, here are the things you can't talk about, but we're never gonna expand that list. Once you say, all right, we got a list of things you can't talk about. Well, okay, we know that list is gonna keep moving. It's sort of like the Alex Jones g- getting banned on things. It's like, okay, you banned Alex Jones. People can say what they want about that, but was it gonna stop with Alex Jones? Of course not, of course not. Um, so it's, it's really, it's an odd position that we're all in right now. We know how terrible mainstream media is. It is truly terrible. Mainstream media has been pushing violence, right? They've been excusing violence when it was Black Lives Matter and it was Antifa because they like leftist violence. So all the last two years, you've seen it on CNN, you've seen it on MSNBC. I, I retweeted a video uh, this morning of a compilation of things that have been said about violence over the last couple years. Um, and it's like, they're at the top of the video actually, Uh, is Anderson Cooper talking about all the protesters yesterday and he's like, now they're gonna go back to their holiday inns and their olive gardens. And what he's implying is, yeah, you you backwards redneck middle America losers, like you, you sleep at the holiday inn and you go to Olive Garden. Now, first off, the Olive Garden breadsticks are delicious. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, But secondly, Anderson Cooper, his mother was Gloria Vanderbilt. He's worth about $110 million. He makes about $12 million a year. He he is the elitist elite, right? He's loved by the machine. And the way he mocks and the way that the machine mocks all of you guys, all of us, uh, that's not gonna go away. So I think the best thing we can do is keep finding those alternative voices. I guess if you're watching this, you found me. But we're going to have to take some other protections because you know this isn't like oh we're going to we're going to just eliminate Trump and now everything's going to get back to normal. It's like they're going to still go on witch hunts. They have to find bad guys all the time because otherwise they'd have to look at themselves. So you, it's on you to find some people that you trust and then just keep finding them because they're going to keep getting pinned off. Uh, Emmy says, is there a still point to voting if the fraud is so blatant and no one has the standing to challenge it? Look. The irony of what happened yesterday is had the, had the violence not happened, had the capital not been breached, there was gonna be uh, a hearing on the, and, and a voting on the fraudulent issues, right? Like we were, they were gonna talk about it. Ted Cruz was gonna be up there talking about it. A bunch of them were gonna be up there, Hallie, and a bunch of them were gonna be up there talking about it. And unfortunately, we didn't get that. And then, you know, late night, they just went ahead and they, and they did the votes. Um, look, a lot of people, we know that at least 74 million people uh, voted for Donald Trump, right? And then something supposedly, it might have, was it 74 million for Trump? Can we get the exact numbers at this point? Let's get what the numbers that they're telling us. I think it was 74 million for Trump and then I think about 16 million more for Biden. It doesn't really make sense to me. Okay, I was right on the numbers, not bad, Dave. Um, that doesn't really make sense to me. Is it odd that on election night suddenly eight states that Trump was ahead in all of them, that it all stopped? Like, since when do we just stop voting in the middle of the night? The, the pipe that burst in Atlanta and all these weird things. All these weird things are something. We've all seen the videos. I Look, I, you know people would say, well, it's not widespread. It's not, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think there's any reason that we can't look at the systems we have in place and say, can we make these systems better and stronger? By the way, there were plenty of Democrats calling for that after Trump got elected, right? There were plenty of Democrats also in the Senate who were opposed to the results of the election and trying to figure out any way that they could get out of it. So of course, this is where the both sides thing is is pretty awful. Uh, But Ted Cruz just this morning got into it with AOC, uh, who's basically calling for him to be expelled from the Senate. Uh, at this point, and he's basically just saying, hey, I just wanna make sure our elections are secure. It seems to me that if you don't want to make sure our elections are secure, the only reason you wouldn't want that is if you wanna fix our elections. I will say one other thing on this, which is, I guess the real risk right now, Emmy, is that what you're asking really is, when you say, what's the point, is that I think an awful lot of people are gonna be blackpilled right now, like just put their hands up and be like, man, the system just doesn't work, and that's dangerous. So you know, you've know you got blue-pilled, which is just like, you just believe everything the system says. Then you've got red-pilled, which is like you're awake to it. But then I think what happens to a lot of red-pilled people is you can't take it at some point. Remember that guy uh, in the first Matrix? There was the guy, uh, what's his name? Joe Palantonio, I think, is the name of the actor. I, I don't know, can you find out what his name was in the Matrix? Remember, at some point, he just, the, the machines basically make a deal with him to kill Neo because he's like, I can't take knowing the truth anymore. I just want to live in a bliss. And he has his red wine and his delicious steak. And I think a lot, his name was Cypher in, in Matrix, thanks. Um, you should actually watch Matrix again and, and it's an interesting character. And that's the idea of Black. Like I just can't take it anymore. I'm gonna just check out. And I think a lot of people are just gonna check out and I don't know how you, how you deal with that. And look, time also will heal some of these wounds. So, so we shall see. Um, Sandy says, have you touched base with Carlin Borsenko? She was in DC and has a balanced perspective on the event as a whole, not the Fox or CNN version. I love Carlin, number one, she was in DC. She was texting me throughout it. Um, she uh, will be, I guess we'll make an announcement right now. We're doing our first ever four person live stream tomorrow at 11. I wanna test this thing out. If we can start doing sort of bigger, broader shows with a, sort of h- faster, hot topic kind of stuff. Um, she will be one of the guests tomorrow. I'm gonna to save the other two guests in my back pocket for you, but we're gonna be doing that tomorrow, same time as always, 11. Uh, I think Carlin is absolutely fantastic. I think she was one of the all-stars of 2020, someone who was a lifelong leftist, had a political evolution, fights for what she believes. And, and even if I did not believe the stuff that she believed, the fact that she's out there doing it and fighting the mob, I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, so yes, she will be on the show tomorrow. Lynn says, don't you think it awfully convenient that the deplorable stormed the castle while all of America was watching? We never got to see the election objective, objections. I always feel like I'm watching an illusionist. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of just addressed that. It's like, if this didn't happen yesterday, then we would have heard the objections. By the way, we would have heard the objections and then pretty much it was a far gone conclusion that the objections would have been noted, right? They would have wrote them down in their little congressional book. And then Biden still would have been the president on on the twentieth. So it's a damn shame that we didn't get to to that point. So they so they could have just been heard, and then we would have all had to take away with it what it will. As you say, uh, I'm always I always feel like I'm watching an illusionist. It's like yeah, it kind of feels like we're all in a game. It feels like we're all being manipulated by big tech, and in a weird way that that the last four years kind of just led to yesterday. Like if you think about it, does th- does it feel like that crazy that? that happened yesterday. It seems very odd to me that there was so little uh, protection around the Capitol. You know, there's a video where basically just police officers are just getting out of the way and kind of letting people in. Like there's a lot of weird stuff there. I'm not going down all of those crazy roads, Um, but it does feel like everything that that has happened over the last couple of years just kind of led to yesterday. It led to yesterday meaning frustrated people, it led to yesterday meaning violence, it led to yesterday meaning a a dishonest media reporting on it, it led to yesterday meaning Trump, the president of the United States being banned from Facebook, like the whole freaking thing kind of led to yesterday and, and today is sort of a new day. Uh, Rachel says, I heard that authorities identified Antifa members using face recognition. Wouldn't this be the perfect distraction from the left to keep everyone from looking into the voter irregularities? Well, you just saw the video that I played a moment ago, and I did read an article about that. There is a face recognition company that has done some work and found some people in the crowd that were Antifa, um, and we'll I'll look into that further and maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, Greg says, is it possible that the election was actually more or less fair and that the hyper-vigilant MAGA people on the right are overreacting or is everything we've heard online up to now exactly correct and the U.S. is literally descending into a banana republic territory? Uh, It is possible that it was legit. It is, it doesn't feel right to me and we all saw some things and it's hard for me to believe that Joe Biden who didn't campaign, who had no enthusiasm, who the lefty base hated because he wasn't one of them, and all of those things got something like 17 million more votes than Barack Obama did last time. That seems crazy to me. Uh, And all I had said since November 3rd is let's, let's just look at it, let's just talk about it. And if it gets to the end and the court cases don't go through or the evidence isn't there, then Biden's the president and so be it. Sometimes in a democracy, you don't get what you want, right? Um, As for whether we're descending into a banana republic, it, it seems like we're descending into a banana republic either way. And I think what people are gonna realize And I was saying this about the lockdown back in April. It's like, guys, you're gonna think that March was the good old days. Well, now we're 10 months off of that. And between the lockdown and what's happened politically and everything else, it's like, those really were the, good. if you could trade, think about it this way, if you could trade this moment right now to just go back to the world as it was in say, February of last year, would you do it? And I think most of us would, most of us would. So what does that tell you? We're, We're on a train right now and I don't think we really know where that train is going. Uh, Candace says, Trump is out. Who will the left blame blame everything on now? Uh, Well, the answer is Trump. Uh, They will keep doing it. They will say he set the stage for all of this. They need him. They need him, they need him. You know, one of the things I've talked a lot about is that all of these people who have gotten everything wrong, who have dragged us into wars and, and made all of these bad decisions with all of our policies, they needed Trump because it was like, oh, Maybe I've done some bad stuff, maybe I have, maybe I have. I don't really acknowledge it, but maybe I have. People say I do some bad stuff, but that's the real bad guy. That's Orange Hitler over there. So they kind of needed him and they always need him. They, they need the scapegoat, right? Uh, that's not a defense of everything that, that Trump has done, obviously, um, but they need him. So I would say, who will they blame everything? It's gonna be Trump, it's gonna be Trump supporters, uh, his enablers, um, and they're just gonna keep, keep basically taking your eye off the ball and, and that will be, one of, the, one of the biggest and I think hardest pills to swallow over the, over the next four years, although I sincerely doubt Joe Biden will be president for four years um, because of his health and everything else, uh, but whether it's Biden or, or Kamala, one of the, the hardest things to swallow will be that no matter what they do, the media will always excuse it. And they will always say, oh, but that was because of what Trump did before. That's because of that. The same people of course, who would never say that if, if the situation was reversed. So that, that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow. And if you don't believe me, it's like, okay, well, Biden's been the president elect, let's say since uh, about November 7th or 8th, that Saturday after the election. And it's like, how many? can you show me any negative press the guy's gotten from the mainstream? Show me anything from the New York Times, from CNN, from Washington Post, anything negative about the guy? No, you get glowing, obscenely glowing pieces on both of them, and we're just going to have to—we're going to have to get used to that, or we're going to have to ignore it, or we're going to have to build in new institutions, which is something that I'm more interested in than than most, I suppose. Uh, Nate says, at this point, are we not essentially living in two different countries, realities? How do we ever have faith in our elections again? I don't know. I don't know. I do sense. That we really are living in two different countries. And you know people will say, okay, we really have to come together right now. And I by the way, I highly recommend we drop part one of my interview with Tulsi Gabbard this morning. It's our fastest growing video ever in the history of the channel as of like an hour ago. Um, and I think Tulsi, as I've said many times, she was the way the Democrats should have gone. If there was ever a centrist Democrat left, if there was ever a sensible Democrat, a non-identity politics Democrat, uh, someone that was proud of the country that didn't want the government to do anything, it was like Tulsi could have been that future for the Democrats. And, and they went against that, and they went with Kamala and Joe, obviously, instead. Um, but, you know, we are, so, I talked to her about this though, this idea that we have to come together and all that. And we may just be at an uncomfortable spot, which is we have two ideologies at this point that are totally intractable. And I don't even wanna say that they're purely political. So I could say, okay, well, it's capitalism versus socialism or something, but it's basically freedom versus state. That's where we're at. It's freedom versus state. Do you wanna live the life you wanna live for yourself with the, with the risks and, and flaws and, and joys and all of the thing that, things that come with that? Or do you wanna outsource all of that to, for a state to basically tell you how to behave so that you feel either safer or, or you feel more secure or something, but you're also not really fully realizing what you're giving away in the process. Those, that ideology between freedom and and the state, those are pretty intractable. And we've done a pretty damn good job for 250 years of balancing those things properly, but I don't know that we can get to that spot. And it may just be that the blue and the red, uh, that that just becomes a more and more important thing. You know, people always say, it's so bad we have these blue states and red states, but you know, as long as we're not warring with with the states, which Lord only knows, maybe that'll be next. um, The idea that you can live in a place that is uh, more in line with, with your beliefs is, is good. Um, by the way, I do appreciate all the people who've reached out to me. I've had so many people reach out to me, welcoming me in advance to Florida, real estate agents reaching out. I had someone offer for me to buy their house, like, I get you, Florida, I get you. I'm gonna go back next month, I like you. Uh, Amy says, if the election fraud continues to go overlooked at, we likely can't win them again. How else do we get positive change? and uproot the corruption. I mean, you can see the theme here, guys. You can see the theme. Um, Again, this is where I don't want people to be blackpilled because once you're blackpilled and you're like, all right, the whole system is rigged against me, it's like, that doesn't mean that that isn't partly true. It doesn't mean that the system isn't screwed up. Every, you know, the irony is everyone agrees that. People on the left, the system is awful. People on the right, the system is awful. So a lot of people agree with that, except that sort of middle ground person that just kind of loves the system no matter what, right? Who benefits from the system no matter what, but that's, that's an increasingly small amount of people. How else do we get in positive change? I'll tell you, there's only one answer, at least for now, which is get involved in your local politics. Do you know who your local representative is? Uh, Vote for somebody that is more in line with you, who might fix the pothole in front of your house, who might have something to do with the immediate parts of your life, who maybe, you know, know who your DA is. My DA here in Los Angeles is a Bernie-supported nutbag who doesn't want people to be arrested if they steal less than 900, Dollars worth of stuff, by the way, guys, we're gonna go to Best Buy after and I'm gonna steal a PlayStation 5, okay? Uh, With three games, that'll keep me under the 900. Uh, I'll pay for the last game. If I go right over for a fourth game, I'll I'll pay for it. Um, And you can, you know, they're not gonna arrest people for prostitution and trespassing, so that means a prostitute can actually hop over the fence at my house and solicit prostitution, and they won't arrest her and that if she uh, uh, resists arrest, they won't arrest her for that. It's important to know who your DAs are. Uh, Get back to the local stuff. I think that's the only short-term answer and I know what a lot of you are thinking. Well, okay, if we get to all that local stuff and we do it all right, well, what happens as the federal government continues to encroach on our states and our local rights? Huge issue, I don't know what the right answer to that is, but I'm gonna keep talking about it uh, over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, Valerie, all right, it's another there. There's definitely a theme here, guys. Uh, where the hell do we go from here? Doom and gloom, or is there hope for us? You know, I always describe myself, guys, as a world-weary optimist. Um, I'm world-weary because I think I'm a realist more than anything else. Like, I just kind of see the world as it is, not as I want it to be. And I suppose that's why uh, a whole bunch of people enjoy listening to, to what I'm saying. Um, but I would at the same time say I'm an optimist because, you know, over the course of time, horrible things have happened. There's, there's been awful genocides, there's been wars, there's been the, you know, the litany of, of horrific things that have happened throughout all time. And, and humans persevere, humans get through it, humans fight the bad guys. David beats Goliath, you know, we always have a chance. Um, so find the things that make you happy in the midst of all of this. And I think one of the things that I'm gonna try to do for the rest of the year is, is find what those stories are and find those things that bring us together and not make this show endlessly political too. You know, when I started doing this, The Direct Message, um, I started doing this in September and originally I was only doing it three days a week and then because everything was, with the election was getting so crazy, we expanded it to five days a week. And you know, I think, of course I think we've offered a little bit of sanity in the midst of the chaos here, but one of the things I'm gonna try to do going forward is maybe we won't always do it five days a week, even though I, I make more money if the more we do it, right? But maybe we won't do it as much and we'll go back to three days or some days we'll do four. I think we're gonna play it on the fly so that, so that there's something bigger than just every day talking about all this stuff. And, and I wanna, I really wanna, I wanna keep finding businesses that I can help uh, finding, connecting with you guys, doing more Ruben Report movie nights like we've been doing and just finding other ways to, to escape the madness. And I think we're gonna do some dinner nights and, and we'll cook together and, and all of that stuff. Um, and you gotta figure out what that is for you so that you don't get totally burned out by all of this. But we're, we're in a weird spot. And by the way, that's not me sitting here waving the white flag, right? Like it's not me like, oh God, everything's so terrible. I don't know what to do. That's just like, I think we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Whether, whether we like it or not, we're, we're all in this together. This is our country and it's our country if we can keep it. Um, and we have huge issues to deal with. And, and you know, we're, we're gonna have to figure out a way to slog through. And finally, since I didn't get to one Star Wars question the entire time, although there were several, Tony says, I know you get 17 million political questions, so I'll ask you something different. Should John Favreau and Dave Filoni be handed the reins to all of Lucasfilm? My answer to that basically is yes. Um, you know, I finally in the last couple days got to watch the last two episodes of Mandalorian. And uh, spoiler alert, so if you didn't see it yet, pause, stop, don't do anything. Go away, click over to an unboxing video or a, whatever you watch on the YouTube. Um, the last two episodes of Mandalorian were fantastic. I've told you guys, I, I haven't quite loved it, um, but I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And, and to bring back Luke for that cool thing, uh, at the end there to fight the uh, the dark troopers is that what they're called was was pretty freaking awesome. Um, I have no love for uh, what's his name Mark Hamill uh, because he's become you know just sort of a far lefty whatever. So he sort of ruined Luke for me in a weird way. But it was really cool to see you know a post Return of the Jedi Luke. Uh, fighting again, and then and then he takes, obviously, Baby Yoda with him. It, it sort of felt like, to me, that the show should have ended right there. Like, that should have been the adventure of the Mandalorian. Like, it was like, he had to protect this kid, get him to a Jedi for two seasons. He got him there. It seems like the show could have ended right there, and then right at the end of it, they did this uh, little promo for Book of Boba Fett, which I know is gonna be another series, but it's like, they could have just, like, spun it off to that, because now that Boba Fett's back, he survived the Pit of Sarlacc, people. It had been a rumor for years, but it did come... True, and he killed uh, Bib Fortuna, which is one of my favorite Star Wars names. He killed Bib Fortuna in that little uh, preview there if you haven't seen it yet. All right, guys, uh, I, got, I got a bunch to do today. Uh, I assume you have a bunch on your plate as well. Enjoy the day, don't go crazy. And, uh, and if you wanna to talk to me directly, join us at RubenReport.com. And as I said, uh, part one with our interview with Tulsi Gabbard is up right now on YouTube and our first four-person panel show will be tomorrow. At 11:00 a.m. and uh, and you can always submit questions for the next Q&A at rubenreport.com. That is all. Goodbye.